Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hollinger and Duncan, the Friday before the playoffs begin, I would love to thank Adam Silver for making our playoff outlook job just so much easier with this play-in tournament, which, you know, does kind of kick ass, I will admit, but uh, also adds an extra week of really intense work, uh, and probably there's a few coaching staffs of number one seeds who are not loving this either, (laughs) not getting to know who they're playing until uh, 36 hours before the game kicks off on Sunday, but I don't know about you, John, I am just unbelievably excited for these playoffs. I am really excited too. It feels really wide open to me. I think there are at least six teams who can plausibly claim to have a at least somewhat realistic chance of winning the championship. And then a few other spoilers when you get beyond them. So I think, I think it's going to be really good, especially these second round series could be amazing. Oh, yeah. And even the first round, I'm extremely excited for, even if I think there are going to be some great, great individual games and matchups, even if maybe not all these series are going to end up being the most competitive. I don't think I have anything picked to go seven right now. And I'm guessing when I know the one eight matchup, that's not going to change my opinion. (laughs) Uh, But let's get started. We do this a little bit differently instead of just going through series by series, try to take a little more macro view, although we will do our full playoffs predictions at the end. Uh, Let's start with this. What is the most interesting series of the first round to you? Grizzlies, Lakers. Uh, I agree on that. Yeah, it seems like Kings, Warriors is somehow getting more hype. Uh, Maybe I'm just, that's because I'm here and and that's why. But I mean, Grizzlies, Lakers, I think it's the closest matchup and the most interesting. I completely agree. Uh, When you look at some of the ways that that series will match up with Anthony Davis against Jaron Jackson Jr., likely guarding each other for pretty significant chunks. Uh, Dylan Brooks against LeBron James. Uh, you have the whole John Morant story angle, obviously. And then the macro story of the Lakers trying to get their act together in the second half of the season. Uh, I, I, this is really interesting on a lot of levels. You know, is this, is this LeBron's last hurrah? I mean, you know, do, can we at least talk about that possibility? So there's a lot to unpack. Yeah, and I wish LeBron were a little bit healthier. He's come back. He's because of his brain and his size, like he's able to still kind of figure things out. Uh, but he's not playing at the level that he was, I think, before he went down with that foot tendon issue. I think, particularly defensively, he's been slow. He really actually, I thought, got attacked some by the Wolves uh, perimeter players. They didn't, they weren't willing to switch LeBron a ton in the first half. Then, you know, he ramped it up in the second half, but. 
you could see by the end of that game, I mean, he pushed it up and transition in the overtime and was just like doubled over exhausted, which you know, it's good to leave it all out there, but you don't recall kind of seeing that level of fatigue from LeBron. So yeah, I mean, this is, I don't want to say it's, it's sad that maybe he's not going to be at his best. And obviously at 38, it's tough anyway, but I, yeah. this could be it. You're right. The like, but we haven't seen him at full strength in the playoffs since 2020. He had the high ankle sprain in 21 and obviously didn't make it last year. Yeah, so and this will be obviously against a really good defense. This is going to be a huge test for him. And I'm with you. I'm concerned about where he is right now, both athletically and conditioning-wise, coming back from that injury. I I haven't seen the same explosion uh, around the basket. And as you point out, like he's still he's still able to make the smart defensive plays, but just in in some of the kind of one-on-one on, one on one, just lateral quickness stuff that hasn't been good. Yeah, I think he's been more athletic in a straight line. But yeah, I mean, that foot did, tendon, I think he did. Yeah, I, I will amend that. In the fourth quarter, he did have one really good possession against Torian Prince. I don't know if you remember. When I do, it was yeah. late clock and Prince tried to ISO and just could not get anywhere against him. Yeah, I mean, when LeBron just like really gets into a stance, he can do it. But I think that effort is, is pretty exhausting takes, for him. Takes a lot out of him now, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of fascinating matchups in that series, and I'm sure it's going to come up again in a number of our other categories. But I like that's one where you certainly can construct a number of reasons why each team will win and a number of reasons why each team will lose <laughs> as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, I think probably number two has got to be... I mean, I guess it has to be Kings Warriors to me, uh, just because the Warriors are the underdog. I mean, if this were the three six with the Warriors as the three, and the Warriors had just you know won four or five more games this season, and they just didn't have a six attached to their name, it, I think people would probably be picking this in five. But because the Kings have home court, because they have this record-setting offense, they're just they're a different type of team than the Warriors have really faced in these playoffs, and. You know, I think the Warriors are going to be okay because the Kings can't guard them and they at least have some ways which they can slow down the Kings, you would think. But I don't know that. This is, this is going to be a, a matchup that's a lot different than what they face. And of course, they weren't at the same level in this regular season. I think it's an interesting series because there will be a playoff game in Sacramento. I think the crowd is going to be amazing. On the court, it actually was not one of my most interesting series. Okay. How come? I, I just think the Warriors are going to win. Like, I don't know. I wasn't that excited yeah, I, about I mean, it. you've been crapping on the Warriors uh, all year, though. Well, let me crap harder on the Kings then. <laughs> I Their big hack this year was that they were insanely healthy. And that that advantage yeah. just doesn't exist anymore in the in the playoffs. Like they're playing a Warriors team that is getting everybody back now. And I just when I line the teams up against each other, it's just like okay, uh, I think Golden State's better. So yeah, I mean, I, I thought Warriors in six was a pretty easy pick for me. Yeah, it, it is just because they you're getting ahead of our predictions. Uh, because they. <laughs> Usually the road team like is so much more likely to win in six than any other way, and I do think that Golden State is is going to win. And you can also just see Golden State going up three one and just like punting Game Five like they did last year against Memphis. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know I, I think uh, 
that all makes sense to me. I mean, Dan went through the stats. We had this high quality matchup stat on Dunked on Prime that he kept track of this year where it was just I very used, simple. I used that yeah. in my story. Oh, great. Great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're just so, yeah, they had, well, so, so what was it then? It was like 34 games. 35 where they had games their top, where yeah. they played against another team's top two, which was the least in the league. So it wasn't yeah. just that they had their top two so much, it was that they didn't face the other team's top two very often. So, like, at a, from a strength of schedule perspective, they had some advantages this year. Yeah. I think that's actually, to me, one of the next frontiers in playoff analysis is just because now you have so many games that only, I think, we ended up with 35% of all games this season had teams playing with their top two players healthy against one another. And so, yeah, you're going to see a lot of variance on those sorts of things. If you're playing a lot of national TV games, for example, you're probably going to have more uh, a, a more difficult schedule because like that's you're not allowed to rest guys in national TV games now. You know, that, so that's I, I think that's something to look at of just like how much was what was the quality of your actual opponent every single night toward, during the season? Let's add that up because it can just vary so much from night to night and uh, month to month, shall we say? Uh, <laughs> yeah, well. right. I mean, when you play somebody is is important. I actually say, think it was less important this year than in some other, up until the final week, let's say, than in some other yeah. years where a lot of teams really pulled the ripcord in February. And if you got them after that point, you were at a huge advantage. So what would be your number two for interesting series then? Can I give you a sleeper? Sure. Uh, Denver, Minnesota. Yeah, I just... Well, number one, I have OKC actually winning that game. I think uh, OKC but, could win that game because they'll just screw them up with small ball and Minnesota won't know what to do. Like, I'm, I'm worried about that. But I think if, if Minnesota advances, they are a five and a half point favorite. If they advance, I think Jokic obviously against Towns and Gobert, depending on how Gobert's back feels... And some of those other matchups on the perimeter with it, like Minnesota has some good perimeter defenders. And I, I don't know. I just, I think it could just be like a, a funky, interesting set, like Denver will win, but I think it just could just be really interesting. Yeah, that's fair. I, and Gobert, if healthy, I mean, that's the other thing, just like these back spasms seem like they're messing him up. He said he couldn't have played on Tuesday, whether he'd been suspended or not with the back spasms. And he's questionable for tonight. We'll see whether, whether he plays or not. I mean, even Denver OKC would be interesting if not particularly close i don't think just because denver doesn't really have a great option against shea and shea getting to the basket against Jokic, like that's they're probably gonna have to put two on the ball there that'll open up their defense a little bit but uh i mean again i don't think that would be a particularly close series in the end i mean interesting to me i mean what a shame that we're probably not going to get paul george in that series but if the clippers can just oh my god yeah if they can hold on and pg could come back i mean they're not going to get pg who's going to be you know 30 usage rate really be effective but just if they can get one more body who can make threes and defend on the perimeter because actually i mean amazingly john the clippers like don't have enough three and d wings right now like that's in theory how they built their team they actually don't have enough guys like that like they're closing the game on sunday with russ and Plumley together like so like just having another guy with you know right. kind of the like with 75 percent of paul george's skill set would be massive and uh yeah I, I mean and just being able to to watch that matchup too uh, of those two guys will hopefully happen um the brooklyn orlando 2020 memorial least interesting series award goes to 
Boston, Atlanta. Oh, I think Bucks against whoever they play would be it. Not if it's Miami. I, mean, I think there's they at least, completely there's at least... have Miami's number. Okay, look, like, like I... Butler, they've completely locked down Butler the last two years. Bam has really struggled there. Like they just, and Miami is just, and Miami doesn't really have anyone to guard Giannis anymore. Like last year, it would have been interesting because you know they had PJ Tucker, and now they don't. Like I, I think that's a sweep either way. Possibly. I mean, Miami's roster is a decrepit shell of what it used to be. So you might, you might have a point there. Yeah, I mean, like maybe. Maybe Kyle Lowry can just like bomb some threes off the pick and roll and they get one game or something like that. And then, and Bulls, obviously, we saw that movie last year. It could be a little more interesting of a sequel with Zach Levine totally healthy, but I still don't, you know, that's there's no way either of those series go more than five. Yeah. Shout out Zach Levine, by the way. He's been balling out. Um, surprised you haven't mentioned Cavs Knicks. Oh, yeah. Kind of, you know, it's the East 4 or 5 series. So I'm just like programmed to ignore it. Uh, that's going to be a really good series and and pretty itch, especially as, as long as Julius Randle is is something close to 100 percent, especially. I think that's a really interesting series. I actually picked picked New York today. Um, Ooh, yeah, that's yeah, that's spicy. Well, you know, got to go got to roll with dibs in the playoffs. Um, uh, well, at least they can't <laughs> lose with home court advantage in five this year. It's not possible. No, they, they they cannot. No, I just think they're they're top seven. Um, especially if they make what I think is the game two adjustment of, of, uh, not really playing RJ Barrett that much. Um, I, I think is really good and, and can very much hang in a playoff series. And there's nothing about like there, I, I don't feel like there's anything about what Cleveland does that is like scary for New York. Uh, I mean, M- Mitchell's going to be a problem, but I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't come into that series shuddering if if I'm the Knicks. Oh, uh, well, you and I totally dis- we're going to disagree on a lot of these picks actually, which I think is going to be fascinating. It's a, it's an interesting year. I mean, other than the top 3 seeds in the East, like there isn't anyone who really is invulnerable, I I would say, uh, even in the first round. But yeah, that's uh I, I think the Cavs are going to roll in that. I I picked it in 6. I actually think if I had my number 2 pick would be 5 instead of 7. I wow. think that. Wow. Uh I I like JB's coaching a little bit more, but I I just think like Randall has an impossible matchup against Mobley, uh, particularly coming off the sprained ankle, like I think it's kind of the like they found a way of playing with RJ at the four without him. That actually, you know, maybe that is something that could give the Cavs a little bit more trouble. But I think Randall, you know, he hasn't fully practiced yet, so I don't know if he's going to play game one. But he's going to come back. You think at some point in the series, and then when he comes back, like he's the type of guy who's going to dominate the offense. And going up against Evan Mobley, I don't think he's going to do it well. And uh, the Knicks are always going to have to play conventional pick and roll defense against Garland and Mitchell, and they're going to have to do it with two guys. They're not going to switch Randall onto those guys, particularly coming off the injury. And then I think the Cavs are going to play the two bigs together much more than they did in the regular season. I think they can control the glass much better than they did. The Knicks, they're sort of like the anti-Warriors offensively. They don't really have like a great e-field goal percentage. Then they are really awesome in all the other categories. And I think that what travels offensively is making shots in the playoffs more than, okay, we'll be average at making shots and get the offensive glass and fast break and uh, not turn it over. Like that's, I just don't think they're going to be able to make enough shots. And I think that Garland and Mitchell are going to, if not have an easy matchup, like they'll be able to get shots in this series. Yeah, I I wonder how aggressively the Knicks will avoid guarding whoever the fifth calf is. (laughs) Uh, We could talk more about that in a second. (laughs) 
<laughs> got another category that that's okay. So uh, I, I will push back on Celtic talks. I actually, as I went through the the preview with Dan yesterday, I felt like the Hawks. I mean, they're the fact that they don't really have anyone other than Trey that's just like a huge liability. I thought is actually kind of interesting that they and they kind of have some similarities to Boston. You know, starting with the two bigs and having a pretty deep rotation. It's just. They're like slightly worse than Boston in every way. But Trey has actually had some pretty good games against Boston. Like they don't like Trey has really struggled when a team puts has a ton of athleticism and puts a ton of pressure on him. And that's not really what Boston does. Like they don't really like force turnovers or. Yeah, they hang back. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're they're They try to contain. They try to win the math problem. They're one of the worst at forcing turnovers like that. I rarely have ever recalled them going to any kind of like a blitz or anything like that defensively. So like I think Trey, like he's enough of a clinician that I think he could be effective in this matchup at times. So I I mean I did pick the the Celtics in 5 in the end, but I think this series is going to be maybe more interesting than people think. I also think the Hawks under Snyder are a little bit better. Than, obviously they weren't great in the regular season, but I think they're more interesting particularly in the playoffs than under McMillan. Yeah, you would you would hope so. Um, I don't know. They've I feel like they played fairly similarly actually uh, under Snyder. I've been a little disappointed. Yeah. They, they've hit the offensive glass more. That's probably the biggest. The biggest yeah, yeah, started playing Jalen Johnson instead of Griffin. And yeah, but that's that's most of it. Uh, I worry about them. I still worry about them guarding Tatum and Brown. Um, you know they have they have Murray now, but oh yeah, that's I don't know. He's like one on one isn't really like where he's like they they Hunter was the guy who was supposed to be like the lockdown perimeter guy for them. He's okay. Um and then they come in off the bench. Yeah, with yeah, he he and Bay, I don't think they're good enough to cause problems yeah. for Tatum and Brown. And then Bogey will have a target on him the second he enters the game. Yeah. As will Trey. I mean, I think that's Trey's defense is kind of is probably where it really breaks down because the Celtics always have that in their back pocket as a place to attack if they need it. Yeah. Um, uh, I do wonder okay. if we'll see more yeah. uh, Onyeka Okongwu in that series if they if they go as, heavy as heavy switch. Yeah, yeah, if they go sw- switch heavy. Um, yeah, so, that we'll that could be interesting. I didn't talk about that, and I, I talked about maybe Capella being a, able to switch. Like he did that in Houston. You know, he hasn't done as much of that. He's a little slower. I mean, I think you do end up probably trying that at some point if you're Schneider and seeing how how it works. Um, but then they just they go after Trey anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> Anyone who's seen our YouTube videos knows that I don't wear formal stuff all the time. So when it's time to dress up rather than dress down, I highly recommend Inochino. They were the official outfitter of my wedding. I got my tux from there. All my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well. I felt really good about having them be the outfitter of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly because when you go somewhere else you're not going to get something that's made for you so why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you and not only does Indochino have the suits that made them famous but now they've got everything blazers pants women's wear outerwear designed and made for you hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from european wools linen cottons tons of colors tons of patterns you can customize things like the lapel the vents the pockets 
and you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style. So level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use the code PER. Easy to remember because John invented it. Use PER to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O, Indochino.com. And don't forget that PER code to let them know you came from us. I remember after college, before I was going to move on to the next chapter of my life, my buddy and I went to Hilton Head, South Carolina to work some summer jobs and hang out. We had a great time, except for his car. His car was awful. We called it the POS. It was like a 91 Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra. We're allowed to talk about Oldsmobile now that it's a defunct brand, right? Is that okay? This thing had the turning radius of a World War I battleship, broke down all the time, just a, a miserable vehicle to drive. And when customers are rushing to your store, you want a point of sale system that you can trust, not a real POS like my buddy's car. You need Shopify for retail. It makes it easy to accept payments, manage orders, and build relationships with customers. You can sell in person, backed by everything that you need to sell online, track every sale across your business in one place, know exactly what's in stock, connect with customers in line and online. You can drive in-person store traffic with plug-and-play tools for marketing campaigns on social media. Get great hardware that fits your business, accept credit cards, mobile payments, every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing starting on day one. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support you every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PER. All lowercase, easy to remember slash PER because John invented PER. Go to shopify.com slash PER to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash PER. <laughs> okay, the matchup you are most interested in seeing among players in this first round. It's got to be Kevin Durant versus Kawhi Leonard, right? Let's hope it happens. I think that's at the end of games, it's possible. KD has always guarded Kawhi actually quite well when that's been the matchup. Uh, and you know, I think he, because just with his length, he can kind of avoid, like not let Kawhi get into his body and still be able to contest. And Kawhi, he's not going to go around guys. So, you know, are they going to, if that is the matchup at the end of the game, do they set the screen and then, you know, all right, you got to throw it to Plumlee or Zubots if they have the center in. Like that's, that would be interesting. And then, I mean, I'm sure the Clippers, because they don't, they don't really have anyone else to guard KD other than Kawhi, right? Am I you missing anybody? I think so, right? Like Kawhi almost has to guard him. Uh, yeah, Eric Gordon maybe could like try to get into his body a little bit, but I guess Batum, they could try him. Like Covington isn't, if they do play him, isn't really a, a one-on-one guy. Um, Marcus so, Morris, I mean, yeah. I mean, as Marcus Morris, he's been out with like, I don't know if that injury is legitimate or if they're just sort of protecting him because he's out of the rotation anyway and they yeah. just don't want to embarrass him. Right, but, right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, and then the Suns, their pick and roll game is just so much more dangerous. So even if you do have Kawhi on him, they I think I don't know if Kawhi is getting over a screen against KD, and then of course there's Devin Booker as well. Like it's there's just a much more threatening pick and roll game for Phoenix than I think LA with their centers. But no, I mean hopefully it'll be a great matchup. I think just with the two guys going at one another, like on either end, even though maybe, maybe they're not guarding each other that much. But I hope it happens as much as possible. I just I don't think either of them has the stamina for like doing that full game yeah it, it might be to be demanded more of Kawhi though given the uh Clippers personnel situation yeah yeah I mean that was and Kawhi has taken on that challenge in the playoffs 
Uh, you know, maybe he could do it for a full game if it's like a game six or something like that. Uh, he did do it, but that was two years ago, obviously, against Luca. Uh, yeah, I mean, that one's up there. This one, it's not two guys guarding each other, but I think it's probably going to determine the course of this series. And it's Ja Morant against Anthony Davis. Ah, okay. Yeah. Because the, the, the pick and roll is going to end with Morant trying to get to the rim against Anthony Davis, basically, is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's really against Morant, it's pretty it's more about who the big defender is and he's going to get penetration like all right maybe they'll put Dennis Schroeder on him but they'll set the screen he'll get in the lane and the other problem that Memphis has is if it's Xavier Tillman he can't do anything as a role man and so Mm -hmm. they probably try to go Jaron at center more but they don't really have like a great stretch four option either necessarily you know i mean is that gonna be uh santi aldama, santi aldama would, would be the first choice who is a, a better player than people think but probably in a in a playoff series not a 30 minute guy yet certainly um and then otherwise yeah you're playing super small with dylan brooks at the four or you're going to like kenneth lofton jr or david roddy or something so yeah I mean, I don't think they would switch AD. Uh, he was able to switch late onto Anthony Davis, but Jaws like a little bit different of a player. Maybe we'll see a little bit of that. I think we could see maybe even a blitz though from LA when Tillman is out there. Let's make Tillman make the play if Jaws is starting to hurt them. Uh, but I mean, the Lakers defense was best in the league after the break and I think they got some shooting luck, but they're really good. AD is really good. Like he he was, I think, in the end, the best player on the floor in that Minnesota series. Like, there's a reason that Minnesota, like, didn't take a shot inside of 22 feet for, like, an eight-minute period in yeah. the fourth quarter the other night. And, yeah, I think that's going to be absolutely fascinating with Jock going at him. And, uh, you know, I think it, I, I like the AD reasonably well in that matchup with some of the other Lakers defenders around him. So, But, but that, I mean, I think that's going to turn the series. Like, if John Morant can score inside, I don't think the Lakers are going to be able to keep up. Um, any others that stick out to you potentially? Uh, I thought you were going to say this one, so I'll say it. DeMontis Sabonis versus Draymond Green. Yeah, this one Dan and I talked about last night. Uh, I mean, last year when we did this, it was Draymond against Jokic, and that did turn out to be an awesome matchup. Draymond kind of got the better in the first two games, then Jokic began to figure him out as time went on. But if it's Sabonis going one-on-one against Green, I don't think that's going to work. I also don't think they're going to start guarding uh, with Green guarding Sabonis. They'll probably start Looney. I would guess. But I think what it's really more about is Green versus Sabonis plus their whole handoff game. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think they want to switch against Sabonis if he's doing you know a handoff with Kevin Herter like they're gonna have to try to get through that defensively and if Herter gets opened is Draymond able to like switch out and then retreat like do they call like a late switch in that situation like his there's nobody else who's better fixed or, or better situated to defend those type of actions than Draymond but it's a real challenge I mean the, that King's offense is really good and if Looney is on Sabonis then Draymond's just kind of hanging out in a corner with Harrison Barnes like it kind of takes him out of the mix a little bit yeah for sure uh and but but he also can like help out off of Barnes like he's the best at helping off his shooters and getting back if he needs to although I will note this they don't really iso Barnes at all the few times that like Barnes has actually like tried to iso against Raymond over the years it's like surprisingly gone well for Barnes I don't know if it's just that they're teammates and he knows Draymond or something but it was I I I mean I don't expect that to like there was a game when Barnes was with Dallas where he actually like kind of cooked Draymond it was was (laughs) I don't expect I don't expect 
that to be a big focus for the Kings. Uh, a couple other ones that stick out to me, we already mentioned Randall and uh, versus Mobley uh, as one. That's that's more of an offense-defense matchup. Dylan Brooks and LeBron. Yes, of course. Yes. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I mean, this is, at, this is at one end of the floor. This matchup is interesting, right? And uh, Well, actually, I think it's kind of interesting at the other end, too, because... LeBron, like how much are they going to guard Dylan Brooks? How much are they going to bait him into shots? I think LeBron will probably, he'll probably be guarding Dylan Brooks, I would guess, at least as with the starters out there. And LeBron is going to want to just like slough into the lane and help out a lot. And I think they're going to like give Dylan Brooks shots. I'm interested to see if he can make it. But obviously the other end is the, the marquee end. I mean, how do you see that matchup going? Uh, I think the the best the thing you want to do with LeBron in that situation is take advantage of his size, right? But it's it's still hard for the Lakers to post him up. I feel like, and I'm and I'm not sure he feels good posting up these days either. So like, where 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 are his biggest advantages uh, in in attacking that? Uh, you know, I guess he could still shoot over him if he if he gets to a step back. But I think that's also a shot you live with if you're Memphis. Yeah, I think that's right. And Brooks, like, he's going to want to try to get into LeBron. Like, that's how he defends. LeBron isn't the kind of guy who will, like, you know, go to the rip move, draw a couple of cheap fouls, like, that he just doesn't want to play that way. And that, I think, is where you can kind of, you can get Brooks into foul trouble. Um, You know, posting up, Brooks would probably try to front him. I, I think, I don't like the matchup for LeBron because Dylan Brooks is all about just making you work every time, make you work to get the ball, make you work just every yeah. single. Yeah, he's going to pick moment. him up full court. And yeah, even if he doesn't steal the ball, he's just going to yeah, just slowly. Yeah, no, I don't. Away. I don't think they'll. Sorry, I don't think they'll have LeBron bring the ball up for that reason. But just in terms of like, yeah, like we're not going to let you just go get the ball. Like I'm going to just deny you on every play and just wear you down physically. Now, I think maybe LeBron posting up is kind of the better option there. I mean, Brooks is strong, though. Like, I don't know if LeBron can just run him over. LeBron can shoot over him because Brooks has the short arms. But I, yeah, I'm not sure it's going to take all of LeBron's brain, I think, to beat Dylan Brooks. Now, the problem for the Grizz is they have no backup plan if once Brooks goes out. It gets tough quickly. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I mean, Zaire Williams is going to get steamrolled. Uh, Conchar, maybe, but like he's... He's small too. The big body Roddy. Big body. Big body. It would it would probably fall to David Roddy. It, that that's probably who they would turn to. They would probably go with him before Aldama. Well, I think Jaron could guard him. He could. I, I, yeah. you're, you're correct that he could. I, I don't think yeah. that's the End way they games. would go. Well, then, yeah, who's, and even, then you got to put, Tillman, but yeah. then you have to play Tillman on, on Davis. Yeah. And you have to play Tillman yeah. in the lineup at the end of the game, more importantly. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, that's an interesting question. I, I, I also think actually Tillman could switch on to LeBron. I think it, like LeBron is not just like blowing by guys. I agree with these that. Days. I agree with that. Uh, and Tillman is much quicker feet than you would think, and he's got some good strength. Like I, I would be okay with that matchup if I'm Memphis. But who? What's your closing lineup if you're Taylor Jenkins? Uh, the lineup you want to play is Kennard with Morant, Bain, Brooks, and Jackson. Like you definitely want yeah. Morant, Bain, Brooks, and Jackson, right? So who's the fifth guy? You want it to right. be Kennard. I'm just worried that defensively you're not going to be able to get away with it being Kennard. And so you're going to end up playing. The other thing he lo- loves to do is play Morant and Jones together, but then it's the same thing. You're just so small. Um, so I think it's going to be either Aldama or Tillman. I think I would. Yeah. When you say you want it to be Kennard, then you got Bain at the three. Like they are small there. Brooks at the four. But I think you, the Lakers are such a bad shooting team 
that I want I want to and I don't think they can play you know D'Angelo Russell at the end of the game like that Ja can go after him pretty well so I, that could be ugly like we saw that movie last year they went up against him in the playoffs last year and and not quite the same Memphis team but clearly Russell was not great and he's also dealing with this injury so I would spread them out and just say you know what like we're gonna I mean maybe you would even put Bane on LeBron Brooks on AD and then you just have Jackson guarding like what whoever their worst shooter is and because I just don't think they have good enough shooting and they don't they just don't really play like spread pick and roll so I think you can just double like try to keep them out of the lane and then I mean that should be a pretty unstoppable offensive group with Ja, Bain and Konami two 45% three-point shooters right next to Ja. Jackson has some stretch ability at the five Brooks I mean he's he'll, he can at least like shoot an open three okay so I mean that would be a pretty devastating offensive group I but I agree with you, I, you know, Taylor Jenkins will probably go defense first uh, he'll just be worried about the size too much maybe but yeah it's got I mean it's you know maybe is is Aldama like kind of a, a hybrid option there I think I think that's why it might end up being him because he can hit a three but he still gives them size at the other end and some rebounding Oh, man, man, I'm getting so excited for that Grizzlies Lakers series. That's going to be awesome. Okay. A uh, star player who has the toughest matchup. Well, they're going to be asking a lot of Kawhi Leonard, certainly. I mean, if he has to guard KD the whole game and drive the bus on offense. I, I mean, I think he has the most to do, but I don't think he has the toughest matchup. I don't think like Phoenix's defense is that great unless KD is guarding him. Uh, from that perspective, you would probably say maybe Sabonis if he has to go against Draymond the whole time. Yeah. We'll see. I, I mean, if the Warriors are switching or like the shooting is really working, like I think it's going to be an offensive series. Like I don't expect Sabonis to have like a terrible, uh, a terrible individual series just because like the shooting is he's going to get moments where he can get on the offensive glass or like get deep post ups against a switch or something mm-hmm. like that. I, I think he'll put up stats okay in the series. Like I, I, I agree. If he's trying to post up against Draymond one on one, that's not going to. Yeah, that's not going to work at all. Um, I was going to say whoever is playing against the Bucks in the first round. Oh, if it's Bam trying to score against Lopez and Giannis, <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, or or Butler has really been shut down by Milwaukee recently, and uh, you know we saw again DeRosa and Levine really struggle against them last year. So I th- that's going to be tough. I think Julius Randle is a really really difficult matchup, uh, particularly since he's injured. Um, two other guys that we just talked about here: John Morant. Does he have one of the toughest matchups? I think with uh, going against AD, like that's that's reasonable. Yeah, I don't know because I They'd probably put probably put Vanderbilt on him to start too. That now that's where it gets interesting. Yeah, if they if they play if he has Vando guarding him and when he gets past the screen, then it's Davis. Then then that gets because if it, if it's just Davis, then like there's no rule that requires you to set a screen. Like okay, just cook Russell. Like <laughs> don't don't even bother with the screen. Uh, but. If if Vando's out there harassing him, and then Davis is the second line, yeah, that's that's trouble. Well, that yeah, that's just an interesting one too. I mean, they're clearly going to start Vando on him because they can't like Russell and Reeves. You can't do that on John Morant to start, and I don't think they're going to change their starting lineup to to begin with. But yeah, I do th- I do think AD at the rim against him is I, that's I'm just getting more and more fired up <laughs> for that. I, and I, I mean, I think LeBron James is a pretty tough matchup. I mean, Brooks. 
Jackson Tillman as a front court. Like, I don't like any of those matchups for him individually. And then you also have Jaron Jackson lurking at the rim as well. And your team doesn't really have any space. And I mean, the, the Vando matchup is going to be fascinating because obviously Jackson's going to be on him to start with. He's not going to guard him at all. And the Lakers are going to really struggle to get anything at the rim yeah. uh, when Jackson is out there. And then it's just a question of whether they can put some fouls on him or not. Uh, you know, as a tough matchup, Nick Claxton. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess I wouldn't consider him a star. I was, he, he was a, a, that was about to come up in the star player with the easiest category. So here, let, let me throw this out you out here okay. since you brought it up. This is what I was saying yesterday would be my strategy against Embiid. I would try to not have Claxton guarding him at all, and I would just put like Dorian Finney-Smith on Embiid, Bridges on Harden. We're gonna switch every pick and roll. We're gonna try to just make your catch hard, and then when Joel gets it at the nail, okay, he's got an advantage there. But we still got Nick Claxton behind the play guarding uh, PJ Tucker or whoever the four man is. And uh, Embiid, you want to face up? All right, we're gonna crowd you, not let you shoot the jumper make you put it on the floor and then we'll have Claxton helping at the rim we want to make Joel Embiid put the ball on the floor facing the basket and then make a pass after that and obviously all that's easier said than done but I don't want James Harden operating out of conventional pick and roll and I definitely don't want him getting the pocket pass to Embiid coming downhill against uh, our guys who all weigh a buck 95. Uh, I think that is a great strategy. I think, especially as long as P.J. Tucker is on the floor. I think one of the things with Philadelphia is trying to figure out if there are ways that they can get to a smaller lineup with their five best players or find some other solution at the four with somebody who's actually threatening. Because I, I think that's the position that's going to kill them in the later rounds. Yeah. Although Tucker, like he he helps out a lot defensively too. We'll see. I mean, I mean that Philly... A Philly Boston matchup would be it's it's really too too bad for Philly that they are gonna go up against Milwaukee instead of Boston in the second round. But again, I'm I'm getting ahead of ourselves here. Um toughest matchup back to that category, Trey. Again, I mean Boston isn't quite the same style as that Miami team from last year, but still, I mean they're it's going up against a team that has Marcus Smart and Derek, and Derek White, White. And, yeah. <laughs> and can switch across all five positions and just a lot of a lot of length as well and i mean it's just a really good defense like the, it's it's even if there isn't just like that one thing about them it's like they don't have anywhere for him to attack really yeah star player with the easiest matchup uh the two that came to mind for me were jason tatum and devin booker yeah so booker he's gonna be guarded by eric gordon uh, do you think of that as really being like a an easy I mean, matchup yeah i mean yeah kind of i mean for for playoff level game i mean you just could be like half of Eric Gordon and half of Norman Powell. Like, really? I think Eric Gordon can still be good. I think he's actually going to be pretty decent against Booker because Booker, I think the way he gets most of his points is with his size and kind of overpowering shooting guard size guys. Like, I don't think you can really do that against Gordon. Gordon's got good length. He kind of get into his body a little bit. Uh, and, you know, Zubats at the rim is, is a pretty good rim protector if he's out there. Uh, I Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't agree with you on that one. I, I think, I mean, I don't think Booker's going to have a bad series, but I don't think it's just like meat particularly i i've got a few others that i think uh, okay okay are a little bit easier well the big winner for me in this category last year was steph curry against the nuggets uh-huh and he now has an even easier matchup this year <laughs> he he will he will have to play uh play some defense but 
Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't think he's going to have a ton of trouble scoring on these guys. Uh, and then Jokic, I mean, we talked about him maybe going up against Gobert, but if he goes up against OKC, I mean, that's just, <laughs> it, uh, they just have, it, that's going to be a complete disaster for them. I mean, I know yeah. they've been doing the defense with the smoke and mirrors all year, but they just, uh, yeah, there's just no chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Jalen Williams will take a charge on him. Like, come yeah. on, there's yeah. just no hope whatsoever. Um, And actually, and this is kind of interesting too, Shea Gilgis Alexander, if he goes up against Denver, like yeah. they're just going to have to double team him every time. Like that's what's going to have to happen. So maybe it's not that an individually easy matchup because of that. But like, you think so? I mean, they, they, the they would put yeah. KCP and Bruce Brown on him, right? Yeah, I don't know if those guys have the size to deal with him. And I mean, Gordon, you just Gordon run a, run a pick other, and roll. Yeah, Gordon would be the other alternative. Yeah, and there isn't anyone else who scares you so much that like you have to put Gordon on them necessarily for OKC. I mean, I, that that'd be a, we'll, we'll get to our picks here. That would be an, okay. a, an interesting series. You just you don't. This is part of why I'm a little lower on Denver. It's just like yeah, we're playing against the ten seed, and we are just gonna like have to double team somebody every single possession because we can't stop him if he gets in the lane. Like that's that's not great. Even if they'll clearly be able to outscore them. Any others in this category? The easier easy matchup. Uh, nothing super jumps out at me. I mean, I guess Giannis, if Giannis against Chicago would be pretty easy, right? Yeah, maybe. I mean, there isn't a specific, uh, you know, I guess maybe they would start Patrick Williams to deal with him. I think Giannis actually kind of can struggle to deal with like good help guards like Caruso. Like Caruso was awesome in the early part of that series last year. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's something that he might struggle with a little bit. But obviously there's no one well equipped to guard him specifically one-on-one. Um, yeah, I think that's about a, all that sticks out to me. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the neighborhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the neighborhood," she said, where Wafer helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love chapter two. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. The best coaching matchup of the first round. I struggle. I, there's a lot of really interesting coaching matchups. I mean, it has to be Steve Kerr versus Mike Brown, though, right? I mean, given the history I and think everything, so, yeah. that like that that has to be the one because it's going to be interesting to see what Mike Brown knows about his former team and when he chooses to exploit it. I think a lot of other teams are going to be taking notes off of this series if they're smart. Yeah. Well. Jordan Poole isn't good at defense. Is that is that what he is that what he knows? Because I, I could I could tell everyone that. You know, J- Jonathan Kamingo might space out and give up a back cut every now and then. Okay, I, I got you there. Like it's I don't, I don't know that there's I don't think he he knows like the the vulnerability of Draymond Green for example uh, necessarily. But no, I, I think it's more interesting because like what each coach is going to do defensively. Like, I, I just don't see what answers Mike Brown has 
Um, yeah, I mean, is it okay? We're gonna we'll try to force Looney to beat us on the short roll anytime he sets a screen. We're gonna double team. Okay, like that's that that's reasonable. But I I just don't think they have the personnel at all to do anything. I think the more interesting thing is what Kerr is gonna be able to come up with against Sacramento on the other end because it's it yeah it's not a like the traditional like Warriors switching. I don't know how well that might work against these guys. Like they haven't played against this type of movement offense really. Like the teams they've got up against have been like much more stagnant type of teams that may space the floor but also it's like you know they're not just like coming at you in waves moving the ball but they also they practice against this stuff all the time so yeah yeah it's, i that to me is just gonna be fascinating yeah 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 like can they slow them down enough or is this just gonna be a pure shirt shootout series so um i mean we could get mike budnoser and eric spolstra so i wrote that one down i mean spo is bringing a knife to a gunfight here but yeah yeah i mean i don't think i mean the only one that i would look at as a big coaching mismatch would be bud versus billy donovan if that happens well i was going to say the coaching mismatches are in the play-in games right <laughs> yeah <laughs> you have spo versus billy donovan and then uh and then dagnall against uh finch which i think is probably not as big a mismatch maybe but dagnall's just so creative um so but in, in the in the actual games that we know will happen nothing really jumps off the page to me um yeah as a mismatch i'm fascinated to see ham versus jenkins again for all the reasons we talked about there are just so many interesting strategic battlegrounds in that series those yep. guys were both on the same staff together for a while in milwaukee like both cut their teeth under mike budenholzer like that's just absolutely fascinating as a storyline you know tibbs and jb also have like a, a lot of similarities between them as well like they're kind of the old school like motivator defensive coach types Although I think that particularly with JB, I think that's a little bit reductive to put him in that box at this point. How about uh, Thibs changing his stripes this year and uh, going with the Maury Shart shot chart? Yeah, and they ran a lot this year too. Now, can they get those shots against Cleveland? I, you know, we'll, we'll see. see. I mean, Snyder, Snyder and Missoula is fascinating as well. I, I think uh, those are two two guys who uh, weren't the coach until <laughs> October yeah. or later this year. So, yeah, I, I think it, pretty much all these are, are you know, d- even like Doc and uh, Vaughn, it's not like that's not an uninteresting one. To me, Monty and Ty Lu, we already we saw that yeah. two years ago. Yeah, like, bo- both those guys have some strengths and weaknesses. So yeah, I think that we're going to have a, a lot of coaching stuff to talk about when we reconvene in, in a week for sure. The series with the most variables. Uh, and health is the first thing that comes to mind there, right? Well, you say Memphis, LA, because one of the battles is LeBron James and Anthony Davis against their own bodies. Yeah. And Ja, too. He's he's a, a guy who's struggled with injuries. Uh, and Jaron with the fouls. So you you do you do have a lot going on in that series. Yeah, that that's huge. Um, and it's close enough that yeah. it could tilt the outcome too. Big time, big time. Uh, Cavs, Knicks, uh, the Randall health thing is obviously huge there. Okoro is uh, another and, health question. I'm not sure he matters as much, but yeah, Suns, Clippers, of course, with with PG, it just it doesn't feel like he's going to have an impact in the series. It's just not like the Clippers do like to keep things kind of close to the vest, but when you know George is kind of doing like some standstill shooting right now it's just he also doesn't seem like the type who's going to go out there with like because remember like Giannis had kind of a similar injury and it was the finals and he went back out there and then he later revealed like oh yeah they told me I was like really risking it to yeah to be out there and playing like so that's 
and you know something could go at any time or whatever i can't remember what exactly what he said but if that's like what paul george is hearing i i'm not sure that we're gonna see him i agree and nor should we honestly yeah this is this is a first round series this isn't the nba finals uh you know the ones where we don't know who the ones he is playing so <laughs> a few variables there <laughs> <laughs> sure <laughs> What, what team will, will be on the floor um let's see here next one ah uh, this one the playoff crucible the rotation players most likely to have their roles cut uh marcus morris rj barrett and pj tucker let's talk about rj barrett that's an interesting one so you think it'll be they'll just when in cut you mean he's not playing 37 minutes a game or they might not even start him i could see them changing the starting lineup game two or three if they fall behind absolutely yeah and just start josh hart see tibbs tibbs though he doesn't work that way he'll just give the guy the keith bogans and then play the he'll he'll have, he'll have straight. or he'll have josh i mean if josh hart is at the scorer's table while they're throwing up the jump ball i consider that the same thing <laughs> Fair, fair enough. And Kennard is a fascinating one to me. I don't think the Lakers have the type of team that's going to be able to take advantage of him. Like there's usually going to be a non-threatening guy that he can guard. If you the like, okay, LeBron, go at the guy, the smallest guy, put him in pick and roll thing. Well, you can just hedge there because you still have so much help behind that play and the Lakers have no spacing behind it, right? Like the, what makes that play so difficult to deal with is if you also have the floor spread and if you if you don't switch, then you just have the guy going downhill a, against a spread floor. But the Lakers don't spread the floor and Memphis also has a ton of rim protection. So I, I think Kennard's going to be able to survive. Like the Lakers, it, it, going up against like the Warriors, I don't think he could survive. But right. the Lakers, I think he can. Yeah, yeah. And so I said P.J. Tucker. That's more for second and third round, I think. Sure. Um, another guy. I, I disagree with you. I think they're going to play P.J. more in those rounds because they don't they don't have anyone else to guard anybody. Yeah, you're 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 all in on offense if you take him off the floor, and you, or you're playing four four on five, and there's really no. I, I mean, it's big. I mean, I guess if you're if you're going to put Melton in for him, maybe. But then, man, you are really small going up against Boston. Yep that that would be. I mean, that to me that would be the move to try. Can you play Melton, Maxi, Harden, Harris, and Embiid together? Yeah. That'll be, I think uh, for me, uh, Jordan Poole would be the guy now that they have Peyton. I think in this King series specifically, like they're just going to, they can't afford any defensive weak links and they're not going to be struggling to score anyway. So I don't, I don't think we're going to see much of the, the pool party with uh, Clay, Steph and pool. So I think Poole's going to be kind of back in like a, you know, 20 minutes a game type of role like he was by the end of last year's playoffs. And they also have DiVincenzo now too, gives them more two-way play yeah. than pool does. And, and so I, I think that's one that pops out to me that he'll just be in kind of a pure back up level of minutes i think john collins might get squeezed yeah that's a possibility too it's interesting that yeah but maybe they want him out there when the celtics are going two bigs that's that'll be he's gonna have to play well obviously he's gonna have to do something on the offensive glass he may also be a decent defensive option is that possible like he's at, he did at, pretty at, well against at, Butler at, the other at day five or at four at four i think if yeah at four i think he's fine yeah and i think if they especially if they do do what you're talking about go like some more switching then i actually think he makes more sense interestingly hmm. but i also i mean i think you're more more likely right that that he's gonna get get taken out of there all right who else would get there, 
their rotation minutes cut. There's a few guys I don't want to spoil who are in uh, other categories here. You know, the Kings, I mean, none of their guys can defend. So <laughs> and all of them can shoot. So they're kinda of, they're kind of pretty interchangeable. Yeah. There's a, they have no place at to this turn point, either. I yeah. could see, I mean, I, could they squeeze Mitchell out of the rotation and just play Monk on the ball? I, I don't know. Yeah, I think they're they're gonna at least try Mitchell at first. If he just like can't make any shots for like two or three games, then yeah. Yeah, that's so. no, you're right. They're gonna they're gonna try to line his minutes up with Curry. Yeah, the small guards for the Nets. I'm not sure how much those guys are gonna play. They haven't oh, been uh, that much. Thomas anyway, Bryant. Isn't he already out of the rotation? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, the, Thomas Bryant will play if they're if they play the Wolves. <laughs> you mean the last six minutes of each fourth quarter? <laughs> uh, deep rotation players that could emerge. Does Zeke Naji count? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think he's going to play. I think he's better than he's better than DeAndre or Thomas Bryant, and I think he's going to be low key, like sort of important. I mean, we could see Cam Thomas if just the Nets can't score and they just and they're down. 3-1 or 3-0 and they're just like fuck it let's just like let it ride here with cam thomas if, if joe harris is ineffective yeah for example uh Nikhil alexander walker if minnesota wins i think would play Ooh, yeah good that's a good one yeah yeah he's he's actually he's come on a little bit here it's been kind of interesting lakers that's kind of you know they have a lot of these guys who are sort of interchangeable and could we see a I think like they might tr- end up trying Mo Bamba and that he'll just not work. <laughs> Maybe yeah. If, because if, yeah. Like if they're like, all right, we got to still have room protection on the floor and we're, we can't play Jared Vanderbilt because he can't shoot. So let, let's try him. I don't think that's, that's necessarily going to work. I don't think he has the requisite level of intensity. Interesting that like Lonnie Walker doesn't play at all for LA. Like I, there's, I think there are a lot of things that Darvin Ham is going to have to try if they get down in the series. Like they, he has a number of buttons to push. I'm just not sure which ones it's going to be. Because, yeah, that, that backup big, your Wenyan Gabriel, Mo Bamba. Yeah, that's a that's that's yeah. a weakness. I mean, the Lakers are very fortunate that Steven Adams isn't playing. Because that, I mean, or or Adams, especially if they had Adams and Clark. Because Memphis could really just pick at that. Is Milwaukee going to play Goran Dragic over Javon Carter? They're not going to do that, right? I, I mean, not I'm, I'm not sure they're going to play either of them much. But, I man, I'd have a hard time seeing Dragic playing over Carter the way the way Carter played this year yeah I, I think Grayson Allen they have more options this year than they did last year so I think he's someone maybe obviously not in the first round when he actually killed last year I actually but. think as we get into later rounds Pat Connaughton is the guy who's going to get squeezed oh well, he's coming off the ankle injury and you know does does Bud trust Wes Matthews more well I mean it's going to be Ingles Ingles, yeah. Ingles Crowder Middleton you know who weren't there all year now all three of them are back I'm a little concerned about this neat thing Chris Middleton I, he's he's never he has not looked to me like the, like he'll help them. Don't get me wrong. Has, has has not looked to me like that guy from two years ago. Uh, and I'm I'm more. Yeah, I'm just concerned that the knee just doesn't feel right. I mean, the fact that he just like goes and shoots just a turnaround jumper, nothing doesn't look like anything happens to him. And it's like, oh, yeah, now he's like not even able to practice for a week. It just <laughs> Right. Like he's going to he's probably going to start on a minutes limit. It won't matter in the first round, but it'll matter. I think it'll matter even as soon as the Cavs series. Although that that's a series they could probably even still win without him. So that they're they getting the number one seed was massive for them. Uh, let's see here. Most important non-star player who will affect the outcome of a series. Dylan Brooks. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean the the backup bigs for Memphis. I had uh, Xavier Tillman. Uh, oh yeah, yep. The other two things I have written down is. Cavs fifth beetle and Suns fifth beetle. 
Yes. <laughs> is FIBA like can FIBA just create like a four on four, four, four tournament? Three three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can the Suns and Cavs like play four on four for like the the FIBA four on four World Championship? Yeah. I think that'd be a pretty pretty amazing matchup. But yeah, what, what what do you? How do you analyze those situations, Cavs and Suns? outside of their big fours. I mean, I, Phoenix at least has a few different ways they can go. It feels like Cleveland has like five versions of the same player almost. I mean, Karis LeVert, no. I guess, gives them the most offense, but they can't bring in anybody that you're truly scared of from the three-point line. They have a couple of guys who just, who just you're not going to bother guarding at all. Uh, when, they, when they look at Okoro or Stevens, who were kind of the guys they used as defensive stoppers during the year on the wing, um, might end up, being a lot of Dean Wade. I don't know. I, I just like he's he's not toast on defense and he can make an open shot. Like he might give them the best combination of what they need. Yeah, Levert, to his credit, has gotten a lot better defensively this year, and I expect him to get most of the minutes, maybe just because people think that he has his offensive reputation, like he'll get guarded enough. I, he's not a very good shooter. I wish they'd gotten a chance to get a little more Danny Green. They just didn't because uh, he got COVID and he played a couple games at the end. But as like Green, if he's, I mean, I think you can trust him to make shots okay, and he at least knows where to be, but uh, he's not going to be able to guard one-on-one anymore either but maybe their matchup but there isn't really like that guy for him to guard one-on-one in the new york series so maybe, maybe he'll get a shot uh wade i like because you can switch three through five with him and he's got decent mobility stevens will probably just be their backup for i think I, if they're playing him with mobley and allen that doesn't really make much sense and then yeah like ricky rubio's another guy too has just been quietly awful this year yeah. offensively i'm sure they would have loved to be able to play him more i don't know how much that's gonna happen uh okoro takes i think 80 percent of his three-pointers come from the corners though he's, he's at least making those but that's there's still only so much you can do there so i, I think it's still gonna be kind of a night-to-night thing uh, for jb but i would expect lavert to be the guy who gets the most minutes there and uh, you know he might have one playoff game where he just like goes off like he can do that every yeah once in a definitely while. definitely definitely how about it, for the suns uh there's one other guy we haven't talked about on cleveland oh Nate. okay okay Howell Neto? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Friend of the show, Howell Neto. Who may I like Rubio's been bad enough that I do think he he may get some minutes in this series. And like he's a guy you can put on Brunson and and uh you know have him guard him for a little bit, be a little physical or whatever. But in, in all seriousness, Phoenix. They got a couple different like directions they can go. I think they're going to start Tory Craig, even though I think he's not very good, just because he fits that size profile of of like what a starting three is. But uh, yeah, and th- and they'll put him they'll put him on Kawhi too. Like they got a couple of guys who at least could be like bodies on Kawhi that aren't like at least on paper aren't going to get totally overwhelmed. But yeah, I think Kawhi can just cook Tory Craig if there's an, an isolation. And then they like they seem to think Terrence Ross is still good. Um, oh man, like the fact that he plays over Damian. And Lee is just insane to me. Yeah. Uh, Akogi, Akogi had a really good regular season. I worry about him in the playoffs because I don't think they're going to guard him. Yeah, he had that 0 for 8 in that game against Dallas, which is probably the closest thing that they've played to playoff competition with their full group. Mm-hmm. And they had to, they ended up going with Ish Wainwright in that game. Yeah. So, but Akogi gives them some good pace and effort. Like, there's definitely a place for him, I think. And then, yeah, TJ Warren is still, I, I think he's slowed down a little bit. I, I don't know how much he's going to be able to give them. Uh, I think backup might, centers is, yeah. They might finish yeah, games sorry. with Landry Shamit. Like, they might just say, okay, 
we're going to put another shooter out there, and then we just know you're not going to double KD and you won't be able to guard us. Backup center for the Suns also may be a concern with the Biombo. I, I think if you're playing him, I'm just blitzing every single pick and roll when he's in the game and make him throw it to him and, and force him to make a play. Uh, I think Ty Lu will, will be smart enough to do that. So, yeah, I, I'm. We'll get to our picks here in a second here. Um, any other kind of uh, big non-star role player types that you think are going to swing things in series here? Uh, I guess I'm not anticipating that many close series, so I don't really have a, a long list here. Hmm, okay. The other one I would point out is King's backup center. That They, they just don't really have one. They're kind of is Trey Lyles, Metu. Like that's, yeah. I think they're often, I mean, those guys could shoot okay, but I think their offense could be, that's where the Warriors maybe can do some switching and stay in front of guys and maybe make a run when Sabonis is out. What is the best playoff defense? Uh, I went with Boston here. I just feel like they have no weaknesses. They can play different styles. They can go big or go small. Their guards are pesky as hell. And then this obviously is contingent on Robert Williams playing. But Boston with Robert Williams to me is almost impenetrable. The, the only thing, yeah, they're, think, they're not yeah. going to turn you over, but like you're, you're not going to get a good shot. So it doesn't matter. My only concern about them is just that Rob and Marcus Smart haven't looked the same to me this year. Still good players. Yeah. And Rob still has an effect, but he's not during that stretch in the regular season last year. And honestly, like, I don't even think Rob to me has been as effective as he was playing on one leg against the Warriors at times, but maybe he'll be able to ramp it up in the playoffs. Certainly the Celtics are part of that. The Bucks have to be part of that discussion too. Yes. I think you can make the, like Giannis, I think if he ramps it up in the playoffs, like he was unbelievable in that Celtics series until he got tired at the very end. And I mean, Drew Holiday, Javon Carter, if they're smart enough to play him, is fantastic. Obviously, Lopez in the defensive player of the year. I think your only two concerns about them are they do have, unlike the Celtics, they do have guys that you can attack. I think like Portis, they're going to put two on the ball and pick and roll with him. And the uh, Grayson Allen, if they play him, Ingles, yep. Chris Middleton, if he's not fully healthy, like there are places you can go at. So that's why I would agree with you. I think the Celtics maybe I would put them slightly above the Bucks because they just have fewer weaknesses overall. Um, what about the, there's? Uh, I would say three other teams I would even consider for this. Uh, okay. Uh, I would. I, mean, I would have. I would have yeah. thought harder about Memphis if they had their bigs. Yeah, I mean, is Stephen Adams like that good defensively? I ju- I just think there's there's rotationally it just it just makes everything shift into shit. It's kind of like it's kind yeah. of like is is Andrew Wiggins that good? No, but when you replace Anthony Lamb's minutes with his, the Warriors look a hell of a lot better, don't they? Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, Wiggins was that good last year, but I I don't know exactly what to. So that's actually another variable we didn't talk about really in that Sacramento Warriors series. But yeah, I think the Grizz like I mean the numbers with Jackson on the floor are amazing, but I. Think I think you make a good point in that you're kind of replacing Stephen Adams with Luke Kennard in a lot of these lineups, and that 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 does make sense to me. That and so if you're playing Kennard, Bain at the three, Kennard and Ja at the one and the two, like you kind of you got rookies in there or second year guys. It just I and mean, Jackson is amazing, but other than he and Brooks, like they don't really have any great defenders. Just those two guys are awesome. Yeah. Um, and you can go after Ja. So yeah, they wouldn't be my pick at the end. I don't think Cavaliers. Yeah, the see, I thought about them. The um, the fifth man problem plus the injury to like Okora would be the best defender of those potential fifth men. I think his health is still a question mark. So so I wondered about that a little bit. 
And then with them being so small in the backcourt. Uh, so they de- definitely a contender for this. But I, I, I guess I kind of liked kind of like Boston and, and Milwaukee for that matter a little more. You do have the two small guards. I think that they have options they can put out there at the three that would help, but they don't have anyone that's like a pure wing stopper. So you're really talking about those two, uh, those two guys on the back line who, I mean, both those guys can switch. Like when they play together, it's, it's pretty difficult, but you can, you Garland is a guy you can attack. And so, but I think we may be sleeping on them. We'll see. Like they could just be so good together. Like we haven't seen them at the highest levels. And I got one more for you here, John. Okay. Just last season, the Golden State Warriors put out one of the best playoff defenses we've ever seen. And they have basically all of those players back. The entire, I mean, the the big picture thing about this postseason that is so interesting is what are the Warriors, right? It is the number one biggest question of this postseason because they still have basically the, the team that won the championship last year. But at no point this year have they looked like a team that could win a championship. And so, like, what what are they right now? I, I think that's just the the big picture, most fascinating question of these playoffs, hands down. Well, I don't know about that, John. I mean, didn't they play forty one games at home this year? <laughs> that's, they look like a team that can win a championship in their home games. Have we? Yeah, just- I, I agree. I mean, the, their inconsistency is obviously extremely concerning i think they still of every team on the board even those east teams i think they have the highest upside of of any team uh, just steph to me is still probably the hardest guy to guard in the playoffs it's either him or Jokic, and they still have i mean they have the best close to if not the best playoff offensive player to me and i think they have close to if not the best playoff defensive player and they got like they actually have a pretty deep team now it's just it's just they have to like get all those guys clicking at once but like clay has had moments where he's looked great this year wiggins is is probably the biggest variable but like all these guys individually have had moments where they've looked good this year it's just they haven't been able to get them all playing together at the same time so do you want to bet on that being right now i mean the other thing too is the bracket couldn't possibly have broken better for them yeah right unbelievable yeah yeah. Well, I, well, okay. Yeah, this is what I wanted to ask you. What the hell are the Kings doing on Friday? Why did they rest their guys so they could play Golden State? Did they like? It seems like they wanted them. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the consequences were if they had. They probably would have pushed Golden State into the play-in, uh-huh. and by losing to the Warriors, not playing, they played everyone else. They didn't play Sabonis and Fox, but Sabonis and Fox did play on Sunday. So you'd think it was like, yeah, whatever they had couldn't have been that bad. But uh, essentially, I, I just because the situation was the Clippers would have had to win because New Orleans could have possibly won. Although I, I don't know if I buy that, but that, I think that most people felt that way. So, and then if the Clippers won, they would be five and the Warriors were obviously going to win in Portland and be six. So you're setting up a very likely, if not assured scenario yeah. of Golden State being six. You had the Clippers go- beating a Phoenix team that wasn't going to play their guys and obviously the Warriors being Portland, that was going to happen. So but like if the, the, if the at the time, I was... Yeah. If the alternative was that you were going to end up with the Lakers... Um, yeah, maybe they would have rather played the Warriors than the Lakers. I, I at least it's at least worth thinking about. I mean, I also think though, in general, teams are super myopic in these scenarios because they re- they really they tend to not think that strategically a lot of the time and just think, well, we're just all we care about is our players being healthy and yada yada yada, and that's you know, and, th- and that's what they go with, and we'll we'll deal with whoever whoever we get in the bracket. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what I think that's what the Bucks did last year when they were just like, ah, fuck it. We don't need home court against Boston. Why would that matter? <laughs> right. And they just didn't try against Cleveland. And that ended yeah. up changing the changing the bracket a lot in the in the east also i mean maybe they were trying to like mess around and like push brooklyn lower or something like that but uh as well by having cleveland win but yeah that was that was i mean it cost them <laughs> they I mean, yeah they basically were trying to avoid brooklyn and they gave up home court in the second round to boston and you yeah, know that didn't work out too well yeah uh okay so yeah so what's your pick for best playoff defense is boston i i think i probably would have to go there but i might well have golden state number two and if that's true they're probably gonna be <laughs> you're gonna hear a lot from golden state th- this playoffs yeah. they have that possibility the national women's soccer league kicks off march 16th on ion it's a new saturday night destination featuring the best players in the world yeah. 25 Saturday nights, 50 matches, all season long on ION. Out in front to Williams, slips through, here's a shot, it's in! This is a game changer for sports. Savinia takes a shot herself. Hammers it home! Oh my goodness! See the full schedule and find where to watch at IONNWSL.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Best playoff offense. Uh, I had a tie here. Uh, Phoenix and Denver. Yeah, it's so interesting. The East is like has all the best defenses, and the West has all the best offenses. Exactly. Throw Golden State in there or no? I, I mean, I, I can't, think due to I, the consistency I, issues, maybe not. I can't get there. No, I, I just they they have one amazing offensive player. Um, but I, I think like Phoenix has multiple weapons that have you crapping in your pants. Denver, in addition to Jokic, I mean, they have Murray, they have Porter. Um, I, I just think both those teams have more elite weapons. Yeah, I think I ultimately would have to go with Denver because, and they had a 124 offensive rating with Jokic on the floor this year. Like, that's that's just a bonkers number. Like, I, some of these MVP discussions, and I know you had Joel, we don't need to rehash this, I, I had Jokic, but we're like, oh yeah, you know, uh, Jokic, Denver, 124 offensive rating with him on the floor, and bead uh sixers are 118 with one on the floor so you know the offenses are both very good they're six points per 100 better that's like that's the difference between like the number one offense and like the number 25 offense yeah. it's just like yeah six points <laughs> that's like a, a team with a six net rating is like a 50 win team and a team with a zero net rating oh god all right anyway yeah it's i think it's gotta be denver okay let's get our predictions in here okay first round bucks versus Bucks. the the uh shy mommy holes <laughs> what what you, 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 the opponent doesn't matter to you I, yeah I, I i'm gonna go bucks and four in either of those matchups uh i i think miami or chicago get one game gentlemen sweep okay yeah this is just more only, of a, only because only because yeah. the bucks dnp rest Giannis in game three <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I, this is one of those like, God damn it, this series is gonna suck. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess both, but the Bulls, the Bulls and Heat are more interesting maybe than you're typically. They, they have real players. Like, it, it could they both have like two All Star level players. It could could be. It's I'll be what I won't be like Brooklyn Orlandoing that series. Yeah, right. Twenty twenty, but still, but Bucks in four, four or five in these Cavs next. I went. I went Knicks and did I say six or seven this morning? I forget which. So I I, I took the Knicks. I think histor- historically four or fives uh, do do go the other way a lot, especially when the uh, when the five has has taken some games off them in the regular season. Uh, so I, I do think there are some things there that favor New York. I think they can do some things with their rotation to make themselves even better. Uh, the Randall thing, obviously, is the looming question mark. Cavs and six for me on that one. We, we talked about that pretty extensively already. Sixers and Nets. Philly and five, just a standard gentleman sweep to me. Uh, Brooklyn is not a bad team right now, even post Durant, but I just don't think they have the elite talent that Philly does, and, and they don't match up well with Embiid. I'm actually going to go – I'm kind of right on the borderline between five and six. I think Brooklyn could be heard from a little more in this series than most people think. So I'm going to go six just to kind of reflect that, even though I'd probably be smarter going in five. But when I think I see things a little bit differently from people, I like my pick to reflect that a little bit. So sure. I'm going to go sixers and six. Celtics Hawks. Uh, gentleman sweep Celtics in five. Yeah, I think I ultimately have to go there again, though. I would probably be more likely to go six than four in this scenario, though. Five and a half. That's uh, <laughs> uh, okay. East round two. You have Bucks Knicks. I have Bucks Cavs. Well, I have the Bucks winning either of those series in five games. Uh, I'm gonna go Bucks in six. I think that the Bucks offense isn't like so good, and I think that the Cavs have guys who can hurt their drop coverage a little bit with the Mitchell and Garland, and I think the Bucks are gonna struggle to score some in that series too. They you know the great matchup for Giannis. But I, I like the young legs of of the Cavs. I think their crowd will be good. I'll give, I'll get them to six game. Okay, you, you actually, you might have convinced me. If it is Cleveland, I think Cleveland probably could push. But I, it is actually that's a more favorable matchup for Cleveland than it is for the Knicks. I think. I, I, Interesting. I, I'd say yeah. six, six for Cleveland, five for the Knicks. As I think about it, Sixers, Celtics. I agonized over this in my playoff preview before ultimately going with the Celtics in seven. I think it's going to be an awesome series. Uh, I could I could defend going either way. Uh, I don't know. It's gonna it's gonna be really interesting. I think Horford's ability to stand up against Embiid is gonna be really interesting. How much will they need like Blake Griffin or ancillary bigs? How much can Robert Williams give them? It's it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Celtics in six, and I actually might lean more towards five than seven if I had to pick a second one. I think that Philly would match up pretty well against Milwaukee. I really hate their matchup against Boston. They don't have anyone to guard Braun. They don't really have anyone to guard Tatum. Maybe that's P.J. Tucker, but then you're you're in some weird matchups elsewhere, or Boston can just not guard him. I think Boston is probably about as well-equipped as it gets in the league to guard Embiid, not that they're going to stop him. Uh, I think Harden is going to be in a situation where he doesn't have any one, one-on-one matchup he can attack, which he likes. They can do a fair amount of switching. But I think the biggest thing is that I really hate Philly's defensive matchup against Boston. Like, Philly has Tobias Harris as the primary matchup on Jason Tatum a lot of the time. And then Embiid is, wants to be in a drop coverage like that. Let's Tatum get off, coming off the screens. And I think Boston just plays way harder than Philly as well. I'm just, I'm not ready to bet on James Harden at the end of a series, particularly not going against this defense. And Embiid, I, I think, 
I think he's going to have his best playoffs this year, but he also, he's had some issues as well. He is hopefully healthy coming into the playoffs, but I just, I really think Boston has, I don't know if they have the talent advantage, but I think they have the matchup advantage. And I think that's borne out even when Philly beat them and Embiid had 52, like, you know, Jalen Brown didn't play and that was a home game for Philly and they still barely beat Boston. With Embiid playing out of his mind. Yeah, exactly. And, And I also think, there's the Doc Rivers factor too in the playoffs. I, I mean, Missoula is a rookie coach, but I think they've. I think they Boston has the advantage there. So I, I think I just I hate that matchup for Philly. So I've got Boston Milwaukee. You've got Boston Milwaukee. Yep. Milwaukee has home court. Yep. Uh, I went Boston at seven again. <laughs> you know. That's really interesting. So last year when Middleton was healthy before the playoffs, I went with Milwaukee over Boston. I was worried about the Rob Williams Mm -hmm. factor, though he's not as crucial in that Milwaukee matchup because he can't guard Giannis. Mm -hmm. And they also just like they can't score unless they spread the floor. So I I don't know. I mean, he's probably more of a 15, 20 minute a game guy in that series anyway. And your thought would be, well, hey, Milwaukee, they have Middleton this year. They would have beat Boston if they had Middleton last year. I'm not sure if that's true. They lost that. That was a fake close series. They were outscored by 72 points over the seven games of that series. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it, you know, it was just the order of, of things where Boston lost a couple of home games that they shouldn't have lost. Uh, and then had to, you know, they're down 2 1. They had to have a, a brilliant game four, which they ended up winning by 10. They had a, a brilliant game six, which they ended up winning by 10. Uh, so, yeah, I think I do like Boston better than Milwaukee. I just, I don't think that Middleton is going to be enough of a difference maker. Some of the guys they brought in, like, they can help the offense, but I'm worried about them defensively and. You know, this Portis is still going to have a big role. I don't like him in that matchup very well. And Tatum and Braun are better this year probably than they were last year. I just so think, I think yeah. Boston has so much shooting, and they've all three matchups this year, they just smoked Milwaukee from the three-point line. Yeah, I mean, I'll go Boston and six because they're the road team in that series. But, I mean, it feels like a seven-gamer still. But, yeah, I, I picked Milwaukee last year and because I thought they had too much talent. But, yeah, I, I don't know that if Milwaukee has Middleton last year that they win and they don't have the same middle. I also think Giannis isn't as good this year. We'll see about that. Like, yeah. defensively, I think he'll ramp it up, but mm-hmm. he doesn't have any way to score that's not mm-hmm. right at the basket this year. He just can't yeah. make a jump shot. His free throw shooting is down again. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, he's. I, I thought that the people were like, oh, yeah, he's right there with Embiid and Jokic for MVP this year. I just didn't. Thought it was half, half a notch lower to me. Yeah. Okay. So both of us have the Boston Celtics in the finals. How about, although, do you think there's any credence, John, to the idea that even if we have Boston beating Milwaukee, that Milwaukee is the most likely East representative? Oh, because, because their their overall path, path their overall path is is easier. Yeah. So if you were if you were making odds, you would probably give Milwaukee slightly better odds, even if you think Boston would win the head to head matchup. Now, I kind of I like Philly's matchup okay against Milwaukee too. Like that's kind of a toss up series to me because I do think that unlike Boston, Milwaukee doesn't really take advantage of Philly's weaknesses, and Philly has pretty good guys to guard Giannis too. So yeah, I mean I, all those. Any permutation of those three teams playing each other is awesome, though. Okay, East Nuggets versus the Minnesota City Thunder Wolves. Thunder Wolves is a nice name. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Well, I. Not, you, you don't like the Wolves. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Thunderwolves, you think that's better? <laughs> yeah. So, oh, oh uh, yeah, so uh, I like Denver. Either uh, well, way, here, I'll, I'll, let, let me go first here. Uh-huh. I'll go first for the West since you went first to the East. Uh, not that you you already have your picks written down, but uh, I haven't made this pick yet. Mm-hmm. I would want I this isn't official because I want to know exactly who it is and go through my preview. But my initial thought is actually Denver and six in this series against either one. Okay. I have Denver in six against Minnesota. I have Denver in four against Oklahoma City. Uh, yeah, I think I, I could see... I think both of those teams maybe give Denver trouble on one end. Yeah, I just think against both. OKC, I think Denver's going to have a 175 offense rating. I mean, may, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they can do enough with like traps and weird stuff to mitigate some of the damage, but... Yeah, Yoka, uh, the thing is, though, most guys, when you double-team them, you give up a three. Jokic, when you double-team him, you're giving up a dunk. <laughs> right? Else. Yeah. Because he's yeah. just so good of a passer, and they've got guys like Porter and Aaron Gordon, who are basically just like wide receivers getting open under the rim and using their size. So, yeah, I mean, that's uh, OKC's done it with the smoke and mirrors this year. But, uh, but I mean, OKC, I think, can hurt them on offense. You know, they get it. They get hot. Like, this one feels like a Denver takes the first two games. OKC squeaks out two at home with their crowd. They, they run <laughs> them out of the gym. Jokic is, like, kind of tired. Uh, and then Denver just kills them in the last two games. Like, right. That's kind of how it feels in both of these series, I would say. But, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Suns Clippers. I have Suns in five. I don't think PG is going to come back. And I think this Clippers team, or, or if he does, it'll be later in the series. And I think this Clippers team is basically Kawhi. And do they have another above average starter on their team? That's the biggest problem with the Clippers the whole year. They don't have a third best player. Um, I, I said Suns in six out of respect for Kawhi, but I really was like Suns in 5.51. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think this is not quite a total mismatch, but I, I mean, the Suns have a pretty heavy advantage uh, at the top end of the roster. So... <laughs> Yeah, I, I think to me, there would be the team, if you could just put Kawhi on that Suns or, or that Clippers team from two years ago that played the Suns, that team would give this Phoenix team a lot of trouble. But like I said, like you're playing Russ, you're playing a center all the time. So like I think the weaknesses yeah. of the Suns are that fifth guy. It's that Aiton isn't really that versatile of a defender, and he's been very poor overall defensively this year, protecting the rim. Uh, so you know if you can like be faster than them, get to the basket. Can you go after Chris Paul with five out spacing and, and attack him? Like they just they can't do the things that are going to bother this Suns team. I mean maybe you say all right Kawhi going one on one, but they just you know this isn't a great shooting team anymore either. Like, so it's just like it the brand that the Clippers were supposed to be at the start of the season, like if that was playing against the Suns, yeah, watch out. But that's just not what this Clippers team is. Exactly. Kings Warriors, I think we both said it already. I mean, I think the entire world is picking this as Warriors and six. Yes. What is more likely, seven or five? I think five, actually. I'd go seven just because, particularly with Golden State kind of finding their rhythm again, it's just they're not going to have a sense of urgency in a game five after they go up 3-1. Oh, huh. That's a good point. I had, I had thought about that. That five means they're up 3-1 and they're, yeah, they, I, we've, we've seen them <laughs> dropkick a game five already in a, in a series with higher stakes than this one, so... I mean, 
this series has pretty. Uh, I I would I would actually disagree. I think that that series didn't have a high stakes at least, or that game didn't have as high stakes because Jaw was out and they just figured they'd take care of it on on in Game Six. And they had you know their team was they didn't have Draymond Green about to be a free agent. You know they didn't have Bob Myers about to be a free agent. I mean this if the Warriors lose this series like this, there's probably going to be it for this group. Oh yeah, you would have to think right. That's true. That's true. Like this, if they get deeper into the playoffs and and lose. Then maybe you can justify it, but like if they lose to this, and this Kings team is just not like they're, they're a nice story this year, but they're not a, a yeah. real playoff team that you should be losing to if you're any kind of a team that you hopes to have a future contending for championships. How ironic would that be if Mike Brown ushered this era into the sunset? Yeah, or if uh, Vivek Ranadive? Oh my goodness! <laughs> this era into the sunset. Memphis Grizzlies versus LA Lakers in the two seven. I'm I'm interested to see who you're going to pick. I'm going to go with the Grizz in six here. And uh, though I very much this to me is the most likely one to go seven. I very much acknowledge that LA can push it there. I just think ultimately the young legs of the Grizz are going to be too much to deal with. But as we mentioned, this series has the most variables. Jaron could get in foul trouble in a, too many games, and then if like the difference between this year and last year is like the Grizz could win games without Jackson. And now they can't do that. Yeah, anymore. exactly. So, like, if Jaron Jackson can't average 33, 34 minutes a game in the series, like, that's, that's a concern. Uh, but I still am, you know, AD against Jalik. I'm not sure how that matchup is going to go uh, for the Grizz. So, uh, but I just think that, like, this Lakers team is a little bit overrated right now. Like, they're struggled against a Wolves team that had no depth. They struggled to beat, like, you know, Utah a couple yeah. of times down the end. Like, they're, they're just AD and LeBron are not quite at the level I think they need to be. There's an injury risk for both those guys as well. D'Angelo Russell is not really a playoff player. They, they, they've got still... I mean, I thought it was pretty telling, John, that they were who they closed that game with against the Wolves on on Tuesday. Schroeder, Reeves. <laughs> yeah, no Russell, no Vanderbilt, no yeah. Beasley. Beasley's like playing 15 minutes a game now. He's been bad since the trade. Uh, defensively, he, he always screws something up. Now, the Grizz aren't really like a cause you a bunch of miscommunication type of team offensively. But uh, yeah, I, I think the Grizz, are just, they're just even with the, some of the issues that they have in terms of depth like i think that they just have reached a level that's higher than we've seen from the lakers like the lakers overall schedule has been super easy so yeah uh, but again like i i'm kind of want to see lebron and the lakers like that ad and lebron could easily win them this series they could just be that good i just i'm not i just don't think the chances of that are that high given their health situations right now yeah yeah so i was slightly more conservative i said grizzlies in seven but yeah. I, all, all the same factors would be in play for me how many are are people picking the Lakers? I I haven't really been searching around enough to know. I, I it was interesting to me that the Grizz are actually favored in Vegas, particularly with the Lakers being you know so close to there. And I don't know how much that aspect affects the lines these days. I'm not a gambling yeah. expert, but I, I I thought there was that there would be maybe if the Lakers had played better in that play and it, it would be different. The National Women's Soccer League kicks off March 16th on Ion. Out in front to win. It's a new Saturday night destination featuring the best players in the world. Takes a shot, she scores! See the full schedule and find where to watch at IonNWSL.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. 
Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so that gives us then Denver Phoenix in the second round. Awesome. Ooh, awesome. Uh... I went with uh, I went with Denver and seven here. Ooh, yeah. Uh, two things stood out to me. Uh, one, Denver has five players and Phoenix has four. Um, like the, the maybe the two worst benches that we've seen in a second round playoff series of <laughs> of, of impact. Um, but uh, the other thing is, yeah, Phoenix is going to put Jokic in pick and roll. They're going to be able to get to their jump shots, but like. The big weakness with Jokic is that there's no, he doesn't give you any rim protection, right? And Phoenix just puts no heat on the rim. I I disagree with you on that. I, okay, I, like Phoenix didn't. Did you see what Phoenix did to him two years ago when they played? Yeah, but he was running on fumes then. Like I I I don't I don't weigh that super heavy to be honest because I I just don't think that was the best version of him at all. Yeah, I don't think the best version of him is going to be able to do anything about it. Either. Like I I think they're they're just I don't think they have any chance of stopping Phoenix. Okay, because I, they're just like I, I mean so Jokic last year too against Steph it was a joke trying mm-hmm. to guard him. I mean, I mentioned this before, like they had Jordan Poole looking like a future Hall of Famer after the first three games of that series. Like they they just, and I don't think they're any worse defensively last year than they will be this year. Now, I think your only argument is that they're going to outscore. I, I hate this matchup for Denver. I think uh, Aiton can at least hold up reasonably against Jokic and pick and roll. Now they've got Murray, so they are not pick and roll in the post, but they've got Murray so they can get Jokic the ball on the move. Like he'll have a better series than he did two years ago, I think for sure. He's also just better to than he was two years ago and i don't know frankly if deandre Ayton is uh, but uh yeah i mean they just have no schematic answer for the pick and roll and now i mean i think the even phoenix is gonna run a lot through chris paul to start with and then you're gonna put two on the ball to try to stop that and now you got booker and kd just waiting to on a four on three and, and that's yeah i mean i i don't love that in the slightest uh, so I, I think like Phoenix and then you know, Phoenix also has KD who can kind of hang out defensively. Like he gives you more rim protection at the four. Like he can maybe help take away some of those cuts if they do have to double Jokic. So I, I just really, I think these teams are actually pretty similar quality, but I just don't like the matchup for Denver. And that's, you know, again, this is Denver very capable of winning the series. People probably are overrating Phoenix even a little bit, but I think they also have pretty favorable matchups going into the conference finals. Okay. I think Denver is much more athletic at the two, three, four uh, than they've been before, and yeah, that's that reasonable. gives them a lot more ability to do different wrinkles with with traps or you know switch to blitz or do some other things that help protect Jokic a little more. Um, the other thing I didn't really emphasize this, but I I trust their players to finish the series more than I trust Phoenix's. Can I break in with some breaking news here? Sure. The NBA is suspending Miles Bridges for thirty games. Yeah, with twenty games considered already served so he's going to serve 10 games at the start of 23 24 what do you think uh 20 games already served is a little wacky um considering he wasn't actually under contract yeah so i i would say he got off very lightly well i i guess maybe their thought is i mean basically was suspended for the whole season by not being offered a contract right and that you know even if it was the i mean he got 
I mean, monetarily, it's huge, right? Like, uh, even though it's not a formal suspension, like he mm-hmm. would have been getting thirty million a year this year, and he didn't get that. And even if he signed the qualifying offer, that would have been like ten or something. So he would have been, uh, you know, so that's still a pretty significant amount of money they lost. But and also, like, I don't know if there's anything under the collective bargaining agreement that allows you to suspending. Like, this, I guess that's what this comes in. I'm sorry, I'm reacting to this in real time, but this is this is all PR window dressing, right? Because they don't, they can't suspend for more than 10 games based on previous precedents so but they know they have to find a way to make it seem like it's more than 10 so they're doing this all right it's 30 games when he served 20 already that's what's that's what this is yeah there i mean surely there was some back and forth with the players association uh, yeah and I'm maybe that's to, why he didn't yeah i'm trying to remember what they whatever, yeah. what i'm trying to remember what they what they can do um and, and i don't I'm well well so i think specifics. like darren i want to say darren collison got eight mm-hmm. for something that i think was relatively similar no nothing and nothing that came out publicly in terms of like the pictures or anything like that which yeah. of course is what makes this so so difficult but uh also by the way hell of a fucking friday news dump right i mean like they, they've had this this has all been everybody i think the hornets british representation the league everybody's working together to like okay we know you can't suspend you for that long what is the way that we can find that is not going to get us too much shit for this yeah also they probably even needed to wait until like the cba was done that was probably another thing too they they didn't want to like put any uh a a a stick in the wheels there but yeah this is a 10 game suspension yeah like but that's that's what the precedence is right i mean if if and if you're the league and you wanted something different then you needed to negotiate that in the cba i i guess right i mean that's just yeah but I, I think just the the optics, like, all right, he was gone for a year, whether he was suspended or not. Like, I, I think, and I, I th- if that, if it really, I mean, can we say just that this is a de facto year suspension? I think that's what they're trying to say in so many words. But yeah, it's still, I don't know. Well, in, in actuality, are- like, he did not get paid for a year. He didn't get to play NBA basketball for a year because of this. Like, if you just look at what the consequences that he faced were, even if you don't say this is a formal consequence from the league, like, I think it was pretty pretty reasonable uh that uh, i don't think you can say like hey he should never play in the nba again because of this like that's just that's yeah that's just not how our society works um uh, the, this is absolutely fascinating i want to see if m- what more comes out i, I want to see what contract he gets too I and mean, that's going to be the crazy thing now is, is he is he just going to go into restricted free agency now and like just get him he's going to get like multiple max offers <laughs> goodness <laughs> is, gracious is that what's going to happen now like i that's you know there was a time when I think that would have happened, and now I think he's going to be so radioactive to a lot of teams that that won't happen. Just, yeah, we'll just, see. I mean, just the still- optics of the press conference just aren't going to be worth it for him. I would presume that they've kind of all been on the same page here. The Hornets want him back. Although the new Hornets ownership, that could be an interesting, an interesting variable also. Okay, sorry, I, I interrupted us here. Yep. Where were Let's, we? Uh, we we, uh, we finished this. I think out we were quick. finished with Phoenix and Denver. Uh, yes, we were finished with Phoenix and Denver. I had Phoenix and six. You had Denver and seven. So that leaves us a matchup. Golden State, Memphis a rematch. We should say this. I mean, I'll go, go Golden State and six again. This this will be spicy. Golden State, Memphis. I mean, that's going to be fun. Uh, I took Memphis in seven. I think if I was going to be playing a team without my two centers, Golden State might be the one that I'd want to face and feel fairly okay about. Um, the 
one thing the Grizzlies have to worry about probably a little bit, they did get mashed on the glass by Kevon Looney last year. That's that not that hasn't historically been Golden State's thing, but uh, you you wonder if, if Memphis has to play small, if that's going to be a thing that repeats itself. But otherwise, I think if if you're Memphis, you actually feel pretty good about this series and this and this matchup. Uh, if you if you think the Warriors are last year's Warriors, then the Warriors probably still win. If you think that Father Time has taken a dent out of them, then I think it's advantage Memphis. Yeah, I, I think if Golden State beats Sacramento, I mean, not that Sacramento is like so impossible to beat, but I think that'll mean that they're playing well enough. I think Steven Adams was actually a big piece for Memphis last year and played well against them after you know he came back from covid yeah uh, now they do have brooks and jackson to meet those guys like definitely cause problems for golden state i would again say memphis can win that series for sure and and memphis is probably to me the most underrated team in the playoffs right now but yeah the lack of depth for memphis is just a little bit concerning to me and i think ultimately i, w- I would just like golden state's talent a little bit more but yeah th- i mean i think th- that's if i had to pick another outcome it would be that it would go seven i don't think golden state is like you know and they're the road team as well that doesn't help much but i I will go golden state in six and then oh man if we get it john please please allow this to happen golden state phoenix golden state phoenix (laughs) i have denver memphis which the networks would probably be considerably less excited about yeah i want to see who you're going to pick in that matchup actually i guess you. oh i think i think denver is a horrible matchup for memphis actually i think denver would smoke them well why do you say that just with the the injuries at the center spot jackson's foul proneness um i I, I do think Memphis can get some things offensively against them, right? Like it's it's against everyone, right? They're going to put Jokic in a bunch of pick and rolls, but they, they, I mean Denver could put a lot of size on Morant though. Um, and I just like offensively, God, they're just they're just so good, especially with that starting group. You know, if they if they could keep their top six players healthy, I just don't know that anyone's going to stop them from scoring. Yeah, I mean we're running super long here, so we got to wrap up, yeah. but. Uh... I, I think that matchup is kind of a toss-up, personally. And Adams, actually, Jokic always killed him when he was in, in Oklahoma City. And I think having Jaron on the back line is about as good as you can hope for against Memphis to kind of just patrol the paint and erase all those cutters. He can just hang out on Aaron Gordon, who's he's not... Aaron Gordon usually dominates inside. Like, that's not going to happen with Jaron there. I think Ja, with the fast break, attacking Jokic, like, that's a pretty easy matchup for him. Like, I, I, I really like that a lot so i I think that's that that series would be a toss-up i would want to see how they were both playing going in but i i would be very close to picking memphis in that series wow Um, okay and then i think uh phoenix and golden state i I would go with golden state in six again Uh, now i don't think golden state is the most likely finals representative out of the west is the same thing i kind of said last year honestly you realize you realize likely- you realize they would have to win at least three road games for this for this to come to fruition, right? Well, they've uh, Slater wrote this in his preview that he's betting on the team that won 27 straight series or, or had a, a road win in 27 straight series over this year's history in the regular season. Like home road disparity in the regular season usually doesn't last in the playoffs anyway. I, I, I pers- personally, I think the home road disparity is a fluke, but I just look at their overall body of work and say, okay, right. this is what the this is where the Warriors are right now. Uh, Golden State Phoenix will be a lot of fun. I think that would be I think that would be really interesting. I would I would give Phoenix the advantage in that one, plus they have plus they have home court. Like I, I think Denver Phoenix is really kind of probably for the Western Conference. 
Yeah, I, again, I like the matchup against Phoenix for the Warriors a lot. They got a lot of guys they can put on KD. They could go Draymond. They could go Wiggins. Like, I think both those guys could do a pretty decent job one-on-one against KD. They obviously know him very well. Uh, and I think I think Golden State, uh, their offense to me is, like, I think Golden State has a lot better guys to guard Booker and KD than Phoenix has to guard Steph Curry. And, like, I don't know what Phoenix is doing schematically against Steph Curry. Like I, Aiton can't switch on to him, and uh, you know I, I don't even know that KD can. Maybe he can. Uh, Chris Paul can't guard him. Like who? Who's even the primary match? They put Corey, Corey Scott. It's going to have to be a Kogi. It's going to have to be a Kogi. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. But then you're you've got two non-shooters on the yeah. floor going against Golden State on the other end. Like they're they're really good at helping. They know how to take advantage of guys like that. Like I and again, you're this is something I said last year too. Like if Golden State gets to that series, they are Golden State, right? Like they are the team that we think they can be like they're playing well at that point like i think if they're just like ah you know they're this piddling team that we've seen this year they just lose or before they even get to this matchup Mm -hmm. like if they play if they're playing well enough to get to this matchup i like them in that matchup now phoenix i mean you could say the same thing about them beating denver but i like i like the matchup for them against denver Hmm. i just don't like golden that's that's why golden state is is one as much as they have like they have they are just such a hard team to play against like with the matchups um, but I mean, obviously Phoenix could win that series. Like it, it, all of that's, what's making this West so interesting. Like, I could see any of four teams, maybe even, I might even say five teams representing the West in the finals. I might even throw the Lakers in there. Wow. And it's possible, right? Like mm-hmm. Le- LeBron and D, what if they're just like play like two top five players? Like that could happen. It's not insane. Right. It's, right. It's Tell not, me I'm not insane, please. It's, we're, it's we're not. It's for not. Hours. It's not totally insane, especially to, to win the West. To win the championship is another bar higher. I think there's only maybe one or two teams in the West that could say that. But the uh, to, to win the West, there's yeah. it's a wider wider group. Okay. Uh, NBA Finals, you got Boston-Denver. Yeah, I got Boston winning that in six. Okay. And I would have Golden State and Boston, and I <laughs> picked the Golden State Warriors with the championship again. Hey, it, you it are. It worked for me last year. Wow. And then, of course... And then, of course, I picked them to lose later on in in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, but I at the beginning of the playoffs, I picked Golden State. But again, this is to be clear. This is through the exercise of going through and like, okay, who's going to win each individual series? Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I have Golden State as like a fifty two percent chance to win like three series, and like, so if I had to pick, if you're just like, hey, who's going to be the NBA champion? I probably would say the Boston Celtics would be my top pick there, and Milwaukee would be number two. Yeah, I think the Eastern Conference champion is going to be a heavy favorite in the finals they, uh, against anybody but golden state i would agree with you again if golden state gets there i would like golden state if golden state gets there is it a sign that they're last year's golden state or is it a sign that the rest of the west sucks uh i think their path this year will be harder than last year hmm. denver without all their guys memphis jaw injured after game yeah three. once jaw went out yeah huh. dallas was a great matchup for them due to their lack of athleticism yeah which i really should have seen at the time and i didn't i thought hmm. dallas could actually like switch and stop steph curry who ha- hadn't played that well in the playoffs up until then and then he just completely destroyed dallas and boston all right let's uh let's wrap up here this is taking forever uh but this is this i think if we could take anything away from this it's that these playoffs is going to be fantastic yep very wide open so i'm very excited to see what happens especially once we get to that second round man yeah okay well i i just i want to tell you though john you're suspended for the first 10 minutes of, of the next show <laughs> 
but but because we waited uh, until Friday, weak uh, sauce. Other, yeah. Well, well, you you inter- the reason you're suspended is you interrupted me when I was trying to make a weird combination of the two eight seed teams' names. So <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the biggest reason to get rid of the play in. All right, we'll talk to you all next week, probably probably later in the week, I, w- I would guess. Not sure. We'll, we'll have to figure that out, see how this series are going, if we got enough to talk about. And when we do, we'll record. We'll talk to you all then. The National Women's Soccer League kicks off March 16th on ION. Out in front to Williams. It's a new Saturday night destination featuring the best players in the world. Takes a shot, she scores. See the full schedule and find where to watch at IONNWSL.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.